Hi guys, I'm Star Erica, and I want to welcome you to my newest podcast, Suddenly Still. Times where life changed abruptly, yet time stood still. I want to go behind the scenes with the mission and pretty much the purpose of the name. Like, where did I get the name? So pretty much April 2nd, 2022, my hashtag for my wedding was Suddenly Simpson, 0422. With that, it was that's my husband's last name. It was clever. Actually, my best friend Jamie came out with it, and I just absolutely fell in love. Um, and then I got pregnant with my honeymoon baby. Actually, in, at our during our honeymoon, which was between April seventh and April tenth, I believe it was pretty short. Um, and then my son ended up being a stillborn in November. On November 29th, 2022, he was actually pronounced um, deceased in the womb as of November 28th, 2022, but he was actually delivered and born on November 29th, 2022 as a stillborn. So I just felt like what, like what could really like describe my life right now, like where I am in life right now. And I feel like the best thing that I had came up with was suddenly still because like, I realized that life can change in a blink of an eye. Like life truly changes in a blink of an eye. And like we have no control over what happens in our lives. We can only adapt. We can only grow. We can only learn. So I feel like suddenly still was just perfect. The name was perfect. Everything about it was perfect. Um, and I just genuinely, again, like I said, I, I it came from, you know, suddenly Simpson and, and my son suddenly being a stillborn. And I I'm telling you like the name just boom, like it was like magic. But on this podcast, I want to discuss, I know I want to start the first episode off about just battling a stillborn, a stillbirth. I feel like stillbirth is not talked about because it's not as common. Um, but actually about 25% of women will suffer um, a pregnancy loss or infant loss, whether it's miscarriage or stillbirth. There's a big difference between stillbirth and miscarriage. And let me um, kind of explain those. So a miscarriage is, a, is typically a pregnancy that did not pretty much go any further than about 20 weeks. So at that point, 20 weeks, I think 20 weeks or 21 weeks, don't quote me, but um, 20 weeks is considered uh, if you don't get a pretty much you don't get a death certificate until your your fetus or your embryo, your baby is at least 21 weeks or 22 weeks, something like that. I don't know if it's different in different states or whatever. Um, so pretty much 20 weeks. And before that, it's considered a miscarriage. 20 weeks and after or 21 weeks, whichever one is considered a stillbirth because the process is very different. Um, I feel like every loss is major, no matter what level, how many weeks you were, you carried a baby. Miscarriages at five, six weeks are, are definitely still losses, especially just all depends on the person. For me, I actually had two miscarriages. Um, I had a miscarriage in 2017, and then I instantly got pregnant with my daughter. So I, it was a four weeks, five days I had a miscarriage. And then I found out I was pregnant with my daughter at four weeks, five days. I'm telling you, nothing really in between that. I literally had a miscarriage in May and I was pregnant again in June. By the grace of God, my daughter is healthy, beautiful, and she is here. She is actually five years old now. Um, and then in November, I mean, oh, wow. November, I believe around October, November of 2021, I had a miscarriage um, where uh, it was considered like a missed miscarriage where my body literally just didn't let go of the baby. So I was five weeks when I found out and then I went back around about 10 weeks and it never grew past five weeks. So I had to insert some pills and pretty much like, you know, 
helped my body to go into a miscarriage and I pretty much bled it out. So as far as those miscarriages, I bled them out. Like I bled them out. I seen tissue. I didn't see a, any little baby or any little embryo, just a lot of tissue, a lot of shedding. Um, and luckily I didn't have to get like a DNC or anything because my body did shed everything. Um, however, with my stillborn, um, things were a lot different. Um, for one, my, my son was considered a stillborn at 35 weeks, five days. Um, I have got, I have a godchild that was born in about 26 weeks. I have a cousin that was born at about 22 weeks, 23 weeks, something of that sort, or 21 weeks. And they're alive right now. They're, they're, they're well, no medical issues, no nothing. So imagine 35 weeks, five days. I actually had eight more days until my scheduled induction with all the issues that I had, which I, I did go, I have a docu-series that is below in the description so that you can kind of go through the four episode episode docu-series where I explain everything that happened in my pregnancy, um, everything. If you search Star Erica CDH or Star Erica um, CDH docu-series, um, it will come up. And I highly suggest watching that because it'll kind of explain what happened in my pregnancy. And so I won't like use this time to kind of go over it again, especially before those that have already watched it. However, um, with my son, um, First of all, I knew his gender. I felt him move. I watched him move on ultrasounds. I have so many ultrasound pictures. Um, I did photo shoots. I was huge. Not only did I suffer through my pregnancy, but I felt like I pretty much almost gave my life for my son to have the best and fight in the best fighting chance that he could have. So I feel like still birth with my son. Um, when I found out he had no heartbeat, it's like after I've already heard his heartbeat, after I've already experienced him moving and felt him actually there, like seeing him, seeing my body change, seeing him do things and react and respond to me. Like it was far different than my miscarriages. Um, I don't want to take away um, anybody's like, cause I don't want to be insensitive to mis miscarriages because they are still, again, they are detrimental to your mental health. You still get all the hormones, especially if you are a late miscarriage where your miscarriage is about, you know, 20 weeks and, you know, past 15 weeks, you, you know, you know, the gender at that point, you could know the gender already is actually a baby moving around in there. You might not be able to feel it yet, but it's there. So nine times out of 10, if you had that miscarriage, you might actually see an actual baby. Um, and it'll, you know, be small, you know, it won't be fully developed and stuff like that. For me, my son was whole. My son was almost six pounds. So when I had him, I pushed him out. I had to go into labor. There was no DNC. There was no possibility of him just falling out. There was none of that. He was a whole baby. So therefore, bleeding a baby out versus pushing a baby out there's no real comparison to the two I feel like the only comparison is you are a mother the only comparison is you carry the babies no matter how long um that in itself is a lot um you also went through changes you went through changes at any level of your pregnancy you're going to go through changes um at any level of your pregnancy you're going to experience things that you wouldn't experience unless you're pregnant so I don't ever want you to feel like I'm insensitive to miscarriages however the thing that I hated the most was somebody telling me I understand and then they proceed to say I had a miscarriage too I think that in itself was insensitive that's kind of like me that's kind of like almost me like saying like with my with losing my son to stillbirth that I understand a mother that lost their son to gun violence I don't I don't um I cannot I can't even compare or say I understand to a mother that has a two-year-old 
that lost their two year old to drowning or, or medical issues. I can't understand. Cause I don't like, and I don't, and I can only imagine. So like, I feel like I understand what's the biggest problem for me. I understand, um, made me not talk to a lot of people. I understand really put me in a bad place mentally. I understand did it for me. Um, and I, I just wanted to shed light on that because I understand took me to a place that I didn't understand. Um, just for somebody saying, I understand. I didn't, I haven't talked to a few people because they claim they understood. And when, so when they say, I understand, I'm like, Oh shoot. Of course, like now as an angel mom, you want to say, Hey, you know, wh- how was your experience? What did you go through? What did you feel? And it was like, Oh, you know, I was here or there. And you know, I was about six, seven weeks and I bled the baby and I, and I started bleeding and Oh my God. And, I immediately like get an attitude. I immediately like feel a way that I don't want to feel like I don't want to feel a way, but I do because you don't understand. Like I understand you because I had a miscarriage, but my miscarriage versus my son's stillbirth was two different things. I had to get epidural that I ended up getting epidural nerve damage from because of how they placed my epidural. And I couldn't feel my nerves in my butt for almost six months. I couldn't walk jog. I could barely walk. I couldn't run. I couldn't even be tapped. My butt couldn't even be touched for at least minimum four months after having my son. I was on a walker and all that like that. Sorry, you don't understand. And I feel like if a lot of people start changing, like how they say certain things or their approach, like people will receive it better. Like sometimes you really don't know what to say to somebody that is going through. But saying I understand could take them to a place that they don't even understand. Like it it pisses them off in ways they won't even be able to tell you because you don't understand. So I feel like, you know. Ways that you can kind of handle somebody that is grieving, especially when it comes down to stillbirth, miscarriage or any type of loss. I can only imagine or I can't imagine what you're going through, but I'm here for you. I can't imagine what you're feeling, but I'm here for you. Whatever you need, I'm here or or just actually telling them what you can do. Like instead of just saying whatever you need, if you need me to cook, I'm here. If you need me to clean, I'm here. If you know you can't pay a bill or if if you need $20, I'm here. You know what I mean? Like if you know you can't pay a bill, don't go be like, ask me for whatever, whatever is no limit. And then they say, well, Hey, my light bill is due and I ain't been working. Cause I just had a baby or I just had a miscarriage or whatever. And now you're stuck in the face. That's going to piss them off way more than you actually telling them what you can do instead of, cause nine times out of 10, we as grieving mothers, or someone that just experienced a loss, we don't know what we want. We don't know what we need because we just suffered a great loss. So that loss is what we need. I need my baby back. I need my husband back. I need my friend back. I need my mom back. I need what I lost back. That's all I need. And so therefore, I can't really tell you what I need. So I feel like that is the problem. And I feel like, oh my God, my best friend, I really, I can't wait to bring her on. She has to come on because she was the epitome, not just her. Let me not take away from my friends, period. All my friends did their big one when it came down to my loss. All my friends, I mean, when I tell y'all absolutely amazing, everybody, they either gave me the space I need. They they were there when I needed them there. They were they came running to my aid. My I couldn't have asked for better friends. I really couldn't have asked for better friends. But my best friend, 
Like she had, she holds a special place in my life, in my heart, because she just did everything that I needed without me even at, like she, at some point, like she was there. She was the first person there, like that came down to to where I was when I lost my son at the hospital. She was the first person at the hospital because my mom was already there with me. Um, and my husband was on the way back because he was working because our son wasn't due until like another week. I mean, he wasn't going to be induced for another week. So he was back uh, two hours later at home working. So, my husband's on the way down there. She just so happened to be closer. So she's on the way, um, our, you know, and it was just like, she was just there. I mean, she literally just, just did everything I needed her to do when it came down to just planning stuff. Like, and then there was times where she wasn't right there. Like it was times where she came over just to be sitting with me. And then times where she didn't come at all. And she'll just text me like that friend that just understands that I need her right here. And I need space as well. I need her right here. And I need her somewhere else as well. Like, you need those friends because like my, all of my friends, they did an amazing job when it came down to me and my feelings. Like I had friends that were newly pregnant and I didn't know, like they didn't know if they should invite me to their baby shower or not say nothing to me at all. I had friends that just had a baby like, like somewhere after and didn't talk to me no more at all. And literally like, I remember like making like a post on Instagram just about how I was feeling and like about like how I don't talk to people as much no more, how people don't respond to me as much no more. And one of my friends that I was just really close to deleted me as a friend, like her and her, it, it, it just, they, them, they, unfollowed me on everything they I, I I mean and the only reason I knew is because like I, I I like you know I always try to go on check on my friends sometimes I, we can't talk every day I go on their Instagrams and see their pictures and see I see that they're doing well and when I went sh we wasn't friends no more on Facebook on Instagram and I'm like well geez like you my friend you just had a baby you just bought a house like I'm here for you like I'm still your friend. Like, I'm just feeling this type of way. And if this shoe fits you, how about check on me and see how I'm feeling? Don't automatically just assume that, you know, I'm just talking about you and this just is it for us. Like, no, if you if you feel like this shoe fits you, be a friend and communicate with me and tell me how you're feeling. Like, tell me, you know, hey, like, I feel like this post was about me. So I can say, I mean, it wasn't about just you. It was how I was feeling. But actually, you fit the category. I'm that friend. Like, tell me so I can tell you, yeah, it was about you. It was about you. It wasn't directly specifically to you. However, you do fit that category so that I'm able to, we're able to rectify. We're able to, you know, come to like, why were you distant? Or why do I feel like you were distant? Maybe it's a miscommunication or a misunderstanding. But hey, it's like, so I had those friends that drew near when they needed to draw near. And then I had those friends that cut me off, like in the midst of my grief and my midst of my, my pain. And it's just like, you don't forget those things. You don't forget those people. You don't forget those people that went weeks without texting you, but you understood that they just give you time or a few months and they just checking in. Hey, you know, or they see my posts. They ain't making no shady posts. Cause they know it don't apply to them. They know that they doing their very best that they know that they checking in whenever they can. But it's those friends, those guilty pigs that go to squilling and, and they know they ain't been, you know, they, they wasn't there for you and your grief or your miscarriage or your loss. And they shining and they happy in their life and they just feel like they don't want nothing to do with you. Like, you're going to experience that. So it's kind of like just because you lost don't mean that other people are going to like lose with you or they're not going to grieve with you or they're not going to nurture you or be there for you. Them people that you think might not be there are the ones that might be there. They might shock you. And then the people that you expect to be there for you, they might not. And like, 
you have to be able to be prepared for that because essentially like you just don't know you don't genuinely like you truly just don't know who's going to be there for you or, or who's not when you're grieving it's like some people look at it as you know okay like she lost her baby and now i only want to be around her because she got bad juju and I just had a baby. Or I just got pregnant. I don't even want to invite her to the baby shower because I don't want I don't want to hurt her. I don't want to upset her. I don't want to set, upset them. But I feel like as 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 lovely as it might sound to you, we as grieving, bereaving mothers, we still want to be included. We still trying to find some type of normalcy. And then you're going to have some mothers that don't want to. But let that mother tell you that. You know what I mean? Like, hey, you know, like my friends that were inviting me to the baby shower and stuff, like, hey, you know, I know what you're going through. And I and I truly hope I'm not triggering you in any way. Um, But I do have my baby shower coming up. And I do want to invite you here. And boom. you The, the person going to say yeah or nay. I had somebody do that for me. And I was there. I even had, um, I have a new godson. I actually have a new godson. Um, and he was born um, about four or five months after me losing my son. And I was in a delivery room with my friend, coaching her on to push out her baby and all of this stuff. And they ended up making me his godmother. Well, um, I came back the next day because I was there through labor. And, of course, I wanted to give her her space because I understand, I, you know, when you just have a baby, your hormones are on 10. They're on 10,000. So you kind of want your space a little bit. You might be a little moody. So you want them people there sometimes, and then you kind of want some space. So I was giving her space. So I came back the next day, and her and her husband asked me to be the godmom. And I was so honored. Like, I was so honored because not that he can replace my son, but that they did not you know, change their plan. They had been planning to make me the godmom, but I didn't know that. And it's like, they didn't change that plan just because I lost my son. They still included me in everything. When it comes down to him, his Christianing and everything, they still included me with my God children that I already have that are, you know, you know, older now, teenager and, you know, older, they are still my babies. I don't know. I, I can't neglect. I still have a five-year-old that still needs me as well. I can't neglect my responsibilities that I already have because I lost my baby. I can't neglect my husband because I lost my baby. I can't neglect my friends because I lost my baby. But when I need me, I need me. And it's not that I'm neglecting you during the times where I do need me. I just need me right now. And just know that I'm still your friend. I'm still your mom. I'm still your wife. I'm still your godmom. I'm still your auntie. I'm still your niece. I'm still your cousin. I'm still your daughter. I'm still me. But in times where I need me just a little bit more, let me have that. Like, I feel like, I feel like most mothers, grieving mothers that I've lost a baby or a child or any, like, you know, the child in general, whether infant, whether, you know, older, like we love y'all and everything. And we, I promise y'all, we not like trying to be like distant but sometimes like we go into those shells and it's okay to text us and it's okay that we don't text you right back still check on us because we're not gonna forget those text messages or still send those messages and those prayers that you want to send because we still receive them we just read them sometimes we can't respond because we don't even know what to say or we might not even see the eyes be so swollen from crying all day we we can't even see but whenever we whenever we get back to we're able to check them out and we appreciate those. And I speak for grieving moms because it's like, I feel like stillbirth. I never in my life thought I would experience stillbirth. Never. Like even knowing that my son had um, some congenital issues that he had, he had CDH, congenital diaphragmatic hernia. So he had that. 
But even knowing that he had a condition that, you know, is a pretty serious matter and that he was going to need some care. I never thought I was going to lose him in utero. Like I literally, like when they told me that my son had no heartbeat, I couldn't even look down at my stomach because I knew he was still in there. Like I'm already scary as it is like to see things, but to actually know that my son's still in here and like, I can't actually like do nothing until I get him out. I can't even like, I can't even fully, like I'm telling y'all, my mind went into complete protect me mode so that I don't go into shock because I knew I either had to push him out or get a C-section and I didn't want a C-section. So I was like, okay, you got to get it together. Like you have to prepare your mind, heart, soul, everything. You need all that you have right now to get this baby out. And after that, you can release. So like I had to gather all the strength that I had to get my son on this side. And then once I do that, then I could figure out my emotions and everything else. And I felt like for me, like that was the most important thing. And the the most important thing for me was getting him to the finish line. And I didn't expect the finish line to be at the hospital, leaving him there and never seeing him again and never, ever seeing his eyes open. Like I didn't know that was the finish line. I didn't know 35 weeks, five days was the finish line. However, I had to get him to the finish line. So I didn't want a C-section. I didn't want to go through all of that. You know, I feel like that. Like I didn't, if I didn't have to have a major surgery, I didn't want a major surgery. Um, and I just thank God that I was able to even do that. So I feel like as a grieving mother, um, you know, someone that has experienced a stillbirth or just a lost period, know that you're not by yourself. There are, you know, hashtags and TikToks and, you know, Instagrams and, and Facebooks and, and so much out there for you to connect with other people that are in the same position as you. It's kind of like you don't know what it feels like to be an angel mom until you're an angel mom. You don't know what it's going to be like until you're there. And then you don't even want to be there when you when you there. And it's like a whole nother world of ex- like you get excited about things like your, your child's headstone being done or, you know, you advocating to hurry it up, hurry it up, hurry it up. Because you feel like if you can't do nothing else for your baby, you got to advocate for your deceased baby or your angel baby. It's a different world, y'all. And I feel like I'm 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 OK now, like I'm in an OK place. I can't say that I am fully fine. I don't feel like anyone ever is fully fine. But compared to where I was, you know, maybe six months ago, 10 months or nine months ago, because it was November and it's now September. It's not even the end of September yet. So where I was during those times compared to where I am now, I don't cry every day. I don't. I used to cry every day. I used to wake up every day full of anxiety, full of emotions, full of I don't know where I am today, mentally, physically, emotionally. I don't know. I I don't know. I was full of that. So for me to be like where I am right now, I'm I'm okay enough to like now serve purpose. Like I feel like God allowed me to go through what I went through because he knew I was going to tell it. He knew that I was going to testify. He knew that I was going to help somebody else. There's mothers that have went through this and won't talk to nobody about it. But I feel like this is my, a part of my healing. This is a part of my journey. This is a part of me letting people know who my son is. So I, I take it as honor, honorable to be able to like do this. Um, I started uh, a, a foundation called CDH champion foundation that didn't really go too far. Cause I felt like, I don't know. I didn't want that. I feel like God just knew 
I was going to tell the testimony and like, oh, so CDH, CDH Champion Foundation was the, was the foundation that I started in honor of my son. I wanted to help other CDH moms and stuff like that. But it didn't even last long. And I feel like maybe that's just not my ministry. Like, at least not right now. Um, I feel like in the time that I'm in the place that I'm in right now, like, I don't feel like the, I don't know, the idea of a foundation in his honor was what I wanted um, or what I or what I want right now. Like I, I just couldn't focus on it. So I, so when suddenly still came about in my mind and I just thought about, okay, I want a podcast and I want to know what my podcast is going to be about. It was perfect. Everything aligned with what I'm doing right now. Everything aligned with where I am right now. And I feel like that's what I'm grateful for. I am so grateful to be able to honor my son in a way of just helping other moms navigate stillbirth or grieving or, or just, life period because this is who I am I am a motivational speaker I am a testifier I am a servant of God and I just feel like me just being a motivational speaker is not like a thing it's not a job it's my it's my purpose my purpose is transforming lives I like when my even with my company the millionaire table like our goal is transforming lives through financial literacy and credit and business credit and businesses and, and courses and, and ebooks and how to do this and how to do that and just helping people transform their financial situation so i feel like if i can transform a life emotionally spiritually renew someone's faith whatever it is that's where like that, that that's my ministry that's what i've learned about me i like transforming lives and i felt like yes the foundation can help but it's like, I'm not a beggar. I don't like to beg others. I don't like to, I like to pour into others. And I don't really like accept people pouring into me that much. So it was just a lot. And I just didn't uphold it. So, I mean, this is where I am right now. And I feel like, you know, suddenly still is just, it's a place where we can talk about anything. We can talk about business, life, grief, all of that. Because I just couldn't find one thing. I couldn't just come and talk about one thing because like that's kind of like having a niche I don't really have a real niche like I'm a credit specialist I'm a author I'm a mother I'm a serial entrepreneur um I do DIY I love to decorate I love home content I love vlogging I love traveling I love to just be so I feel like we're suddenly still at first it was just going to be about grieving, but I realized that I don't want to reside in that place of grief and hurt and anger. Like I can't just make this podcast about grief and hurt and anger because I'm not there no more. Like I'm still grieving, but I'm in a process of healing while grieving. And I've healed too much to, to just have a podcast about just grief or the pain or the stillbirth or the miscarriage I don't want that to be my focal point I just want people to be able to come to suddenly still podcast and we talk about moments that did just that, that that like where where time just stood still when life changed abruptly whether I'm like I my wedding day we gonna talk about that what what like I'm going to talk about everything that I want to talk about things that I just want to let out like moments of accomplishment, success. I'm going to bring people on. I'm going to like, we're going to just talk. We're going to chill. We're going to vibe out. We're going to have topics. Suddenly still is just a name. And I'm grateful and I'm honored to just be in this space. So again, I just want to just thank you guys for coming on and tuning in. This is just the first episode. Is I just want to kind of give you guys a little background of where this, where we are and where we're going. And Welcome to Suddenly Still Podcast. We're going to talk. We're going to chat. We're going to talk business, life, health, emotions, whatever we're going to talk about. Make sure y'all drop some topics inside of the comments and just know that I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm here. I'm here and I'm not leaving YouTube no more. <laughs> 
I'm not leaving any of my platforms anymore. But again, thank you so much. Make sure you are following me on all platforms at Star Erica, whether it's underscore Star Erica or what. You'll know it's me. You'll know it's me. But anyways, thank you so much for tuning in, millionaires. Have a great one.